Welcome to The Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to The Home Hour, part of the Life Listen Network. On today's episode, we're learning how to mother like a boss. We're putting Martha Stewart aside and talking to homemaking expert Kendra Hennessy about how to let go of perfection, get your family to do their part around the house, and create the home life you envision. Plus, Graham's little boy handwriting, the one word that made Kirsten's heart skip a beat, and how we stumbled into the new slogan for motherhood, mom, wiper of all the things. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome, everyone, to the Home Hour. Today, we're being very homey, aren't we, Graham? We're very homemaker-ish today. We are homemaker-ish because we are with Kendra Hennessy today, and she is the author and blogger, mom extraordinaire of Mother Like a Boss. Yeah, she teaches classes on this stuff. Yeah, she does. And she's cool. And basically, she comes from a business world where she owned her own cleaning business. And she's all about schedules and trying to find flexibility. But I think what's really neat about her is that she's all about forgiveness, which I think a lot of our listeners like to hear about, and also about kind of chipping away at things piece by piece and making things that appear big, not as big. Well, I I also just kind of, I think it's a good episode because it's sort of that like kick in the rear, like, you know what, like step up your game. Let's get some systems in place. Let's get some plans in place. But it's also like a nice breath of fresh air in terms of it's not going to be perfect. So, and that's like my problem, right? I'm like, I need the perfect house cleaning system. And then I spend all my time planning this amazing system and it doesn't work. And then I'm like, oh, I give up, you know? So it's also, it's like, you know, don't just wing it. Let's get some plans in place. Let's get some systems going. But at the same time, let go of the perfection, let go of this dream of a home where everything runs like clockwork because it's not going to. Um, So I thought she did a good job of kind of walking that line. Totally. Yeah. I I found it encouraging. Yeah, super encouraging. And Kirsten and I wanted to do this because we wanted to try to get Kendra on before we all got back like too far into the school rush, which I think is a whole different season of life. So um, we'll we'll let you guys decide. Everyone, we hope you listen and enjoy our interview with Kendra Hennessy. She's a boss. <laughs> Fun boss. Okay, we're here now with Kendra Hennessy from Mother Like a Boss. I love that name. That's really fun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Welcome, Kendra. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So okay. we're in this weird time period. I think it. I think it's weird where it's like a dirty word to be mm-hmm. a homemaker, which is so kind of sad in a way. But your whole site and everything that you do is kind of around being homemaker-ish. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about like how you started Mother Like a Boss and what defines homemaker-ish. Yeah, I totally agree about it being a dirty word too. I actually used to hate it. That's part of my story is like um, when I, like years ago, if you had told me I would be talking about homemaking, I would be like, ew, I'm not. I'm not Martha Stewart. Like I'm not, I'm not June Cleaver. I'm not going to talk about that. So I totally understand why it is that way. But I basically, um, the short story is that I owned a cleaning business for, uh, 10 years. And then, uh, that just became, it was really successful. I love doing it. Um, it was great, but two reasons kind of got me to want to change uh, a little bit. And one of them was that 
a lot of my clients were moms and they were becoming really stressed that I was coming, not all of them, but some of them. And I was like, why? This is supposed to be helping you. Like, why, why is there so much stress? It's like the, oh my God, I have to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. I have to shove everything into this one room. Don't, don't worry about that room. That's where everything is. And, um, what I realized is that there was kind of a lack of home management as a whole. It wasn't just the cleaning. Cleaning is like just surface level. Cleaning is actually, the actual cleaning is easy. It's all of the other stuff that goes into our lives that makes the cleaning even more difficult. So that was one of the, and then the other thing was that um, it was just becoming physically demanding to be cleaning every single day since I was 22. Like it was just, it's, I'm not 22 anymore and I had had two children and um, it was just difficult. So I wanted to do something where I could have more of an impact with moms and where I could kind of take what I I learned in motherhood and in my cleaning business. And I also did some like organizing in that business as well um, to just take what I had learned and really pour into the cups of moms all over the world and let them know a, that they're not alone and B that they could manage their homes a lot easier than they thought without needing to be Pinterest perfect or without needing to be like um, the, the, Martha Stewart's out there, that they could do it their way. And that's really where homemakerish came. It's like your permission to do it your way and not have to fit into this box because that's how I am. I am very homemakerish. Um, what does that look I, like? Wait, wait, I've got to ask yeah. you a question. Yeah. Because this is, this, you owned a cleaning business was not the answer that I expected because Graham uh -huh. and I have talked about how can we find someone who has a cleaning business to come on the show? Because oh, I. Really? I, I feel, and, and, and you're right, there's a lot of feelings that go around that because yeah. I do have um, a housekeeper who comes twice a month. So she's every other week. And I didn't yep. have her till I was, till I had three kids. And then yeah. that's when she started coming. And it is, it is like the biggest source of guilt for me. I feel so guilty that mm -hmm. I'm a stay-at-home mom who has this. So, um, so Why do you I feel, feel very... Guilty? I don't know. I just, because it's like, I should do it myself. Because you should I, do it yourself, right? If I were more organized. Yeah. So one is like, I do feel very guilty about it. Although my husband is like, of all the things, like this is so, you love a clean house. This is a really, this is a good use of time and money. Like you need this. It's a reset. You'd murder the dog if there wasn't someone else helping with this. Um, but also uh, I feel, I feel really fortunate that I get to have it. I feel really guilty about it, but I, I understand that stress of preparing. Some days I do feel mm -hmm. like, getting ready to have someone come into my house is like, is almost more work than I should have just, you know, not had, had anyone come because like, I want, you know, my kid's room has to be clean. Cause I want her to also like do the stuff that I don't, she's not going to clean up after my kids or me. Like we're going to put away our clothes. We're going to put away all the junk that's sitting on the tables, right. but you know, and she's going to actually do the, the cleaning, cleaning. But um, yeah, so this is, I, I always wondered if I'm the only person who feels a lot of stress over this. Which no. sounds, it sounds absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, as I'm saying this, I'm like, Ugh, who is, like, give a cleaning lady, stop whining about it. But like, you know what I mean? Like it is, people yes. do feel stress over this. This is fascinating. Yeah, there is a lot of stress that went into it. And um, I t have told people before, like there's a difference between a house cleaner and like a house keeper. So their housekeeping is more of like someone that comes in and does your laundry and does your dishes and picks up toys and kind of like irons for you, does all that stuff. I just did house cleaning. So yeah, yeah I oh, went sorry, in. And I was using the wrong word. I have a house no, cleaner. It, okay. Totally. It's like very common, but that's the reason that a lot of people like it became a stress because they were like, oh, now I have to do all of the other keeping stuff. And, and I think that it also comes from a mindset of like, well, I don't, I used to get this a lot like, well, I don't want you to come in and like think we're like dirty. And I'm like, this is, 
my job. Like I'm not judging you because your house is dirty. If people's houses weren't dirty, I wouldn't make any money. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. See, and I think Kirsten, I, I've thought about this a lot. I think the counter is, and maybe you've noticed this counter is, um, I think women are incredibly intelligent, right? So mm -hmm. I look at it like the reason that I straighten my house or like I'll put the dishes away or make sure the dishwasher is empty is because I know when my housekeepers come to the house, house help cleaner, me, house cleaners, sorry, <laughs> Use house the cleaners come, vocabulary. Okay. when they come, if they are like washing my dishes for some reason they will continually hand wash what's ever in the sink and I'm like mm -hmm. don't do it I know that that's 15 minutes of one person's time right and I'm like I need you to not be using that 15 minutes doing a task that I don't need you to do and but they will do it right I need you to be like dusting the lamps or doing something yes. that really is a very important task and so that's the reason I think that we straighten right because we know mm -hmm. if the toys aren't put away and everything then somebody else is going to and they're only going to give you two hours whatever it is however long somebody's there in your house like and if, right. you're, if they're still like having to do those things then you're not getting like what you really need which is a really good clean of your toilet absolutely so that's no what I completely from. agree Yep. So that's totally why we agree. pick up. Like, why do we pick up? That's why we pick up. Because that's like, why I am paying you. I don't want you wasting your time doing mm -hmm. things that like I could easily do when I need you to like clean the grout and the linoleum. Well, Absolutely. the other reason why is because I think it's like if it's somebody else's house, it's like it's always easier to do things for other people. You know what I mean? If it's someone else's house, I feel like I could clean it. Whereas when it's my house, I feel like I become obsessed. And before you know it, instead of just mopping the floor, which would have taken me 30 minutes and I could have been organized in my house, I'm like, you know what? That has always bothered me. I'm going to I'm going to go get some drywall and I'm going to like, you know, patch up that hole and then I'm going to repaint it and then I'm going to scrape off that little, you know, that's the problem is like I get crazy and I get obsessed. Does anyone else have that? Oh, yes. That's that's the reason I um, people used to ask me all the time how I could clean their house so fast. They were mm -hmm. like, you do a great job and it's you do it in like half the time. I'm like, that's because I'm not distracted. I don't get distracted by the phone ringing, by someone asking for a snack, by, you know, sitting down and, like, organizing the photos. Like, I'm not getting distracted by that like yeah. I would in my own house, right. which I do sometimes right. in my own house. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Okay, so sorry. Yes. I take you off track, but I, that's, okay. that's fascinating. Okay, so what is your definition of being homemaker-ish? So it's really, um, to me, the definition is to not approach homemaking from the standpoint of perfection, which is what I think the antiquated notion of homemaking was. It was one of perfection and it was one of servitude and duty. I look at homemaking um, less about the stuff you're doing, like the cleaning, the cooking, the, all that kind of stuff. Those are components. They're just, those are just things you're going to have to do that whether you have kids or not. You're going to have to clean your house or get someone to clean your house or eat cook meals because you have to eat whether you're a single bachelor or whether you're a mom of 10. So that's all just components of it. But the homemaking is more of cultivating, uh, cultivating your home, cultivating a really um, joyful, calm, happy place. And that looks different for all of us. So for wow. some people, that's sitting down to dinner seven nights out of the week. And for some people, that's being involved in a lot of volunteer activities as a family. For some people, that's, um, you know, being more organized. Uh, and for some people, that's having like no screen time. Like it's just, it looks different for everyone. So that's why I use the term homemaker-ish because it's very different depending on who you are and what kind of home you want to cultivate. That is so funny. So I, my house is pretty clean because I'm crazy. Like yeah. I am very OCD. I'm very type A. I, I can't, 
I can't relax when there's piles of clutter. Like, it's mm -hmm. just me. But I have a friend who comes over, and she's like, what? I mean, I'm amazed. How is your house clean? And I look at her, I'm like, well, this is how I, I can't survive knowing I've got piles of laundry and piles of paper. Like, I just can't enjoy my home if it's like that. Yet, I, when she opens my cabinet, she's like, you don't have sugar or flour. And I'm like, why would you need those things? And every day, every day, she's got her kitchen in mixed route, and she's mm -hmm. baking. She's like, oh, today's lemon bars. Today I'm doing... Like, this has happened maybe once. I have baked lemon bars once, and they came in a box. Like, there is... Right. You know, so it is really funny. But she's like, how could you not just be have your kids come home to fresh baked smells? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, that yes. is amazing to me. So I love the idea of, like your definition of defining what it, what a home is for yourself and like living that out I love that there's a lot of freedom yeah. in that yes it is I'm never gonna bake <laughs> yes and that's like being free to go like this just doesn't like this doesn't serve my priorities it doesn't serve my core values it's not imp that important to me and then focusing on the things that are more important to you and kind of like doubling down on those and being really good at those and it's not to say like you can say, oh, well, I just live in a messy house and it's whatever. Like, it's not saying like, oh, I can't learn how to clean. But if if that's something that's stressing you out every day, the fact that your house isn't clean or it's cluttered or it's not organized, then it's learning how to do that to get to the point where you're not stressed, not to get to the point where it's perfect. Right? So. Okay. So yes. what would you say is kind of the biggest saboteur that is slowing productivity? Like, what is holding us back? What's the problem? Perfectionism, 100 I I come across moms who suffer from perfectionism in about a hundred different ways and that's why so many people don't think that they're perfectionists because they view perfectionism as like this very um, stereotypical type A um, kind of like you said like OCD like that that's how it is and a lot of times perfectionism shows up as procrastination um, that's how it shows up or it shows up in feeling lazy it shows up in guilt it shows up in all of these other ways, but perfectionism really at its core is all or nothing. If I can't do it all, I'm not going to do anything. And I'm going to wait until I can do it all to do anything. So that's super self-sabotaging because then you're never getting anything done. You're just waiting for the perfect time. You know what a great example of this is? Is like waiting for Monday is like the ultimate in perfectionism, right? It's like the ultimate in self-sabotage because in this moment, and I've done it like a billion times, so this is why I know so much about it. Like how many times do you say on like a Thursday, you know, I just, I need to get my like... I need to get a better exercise regimen. I need to get a better cleaning routine. I need to insert whatever it is. And you're like, I need to, I need to do it. You know what? I'm going to do it Monday in four days. Like, just do it now. Like, get it done right now. But we don't. We, we think that there's going to be a perfect time. And we view Monday as the perfect day of the week to start something. Or we say, if I can't just do... Um, if I can't get the entire house clean all at once, then I'm not going to do anything. If I can't declutter everything, I'm not going to do anything. If I can't meal plan five weeks in advance, then I'm not, I'm just not going to do any of it. And so that's how it shows up in its procrastination. Um, that's at least how it shows up for a lot of moms is just procrastinating, putting stuff off, waiting for the perfect time, waiting to know the perfect hack, the perfect tip, the perfect any, like that's really the biggest form of self-sabotage I see with my students and my audience. So you obviously don't like my next question. Can you please give us five new ideas? <laughs> no. <laughs> that I've never thought of before. <laughs> no, I, I totally, I think that both have their, um, their good points. Cause it's like the, you need, you need to know 
how to do stuff and you need to know what like you have to um in order to like tie your shoes you have to know like someone has to teach you how to tie your shoes so totally love I love a good hack and a good tip and a good strategy like oh I I love that but I then what happens is is if people take those and they like hoard them they hoard all of the information and they don't do anything with it because they're waiting for like the perfect time to put all of it into place or they think they're missing a piece when really they're not missing anything they just have to implement it so I feel like we could be talking about how to organize our spices or like you could be a life coach because I'm sitting here thinking about so many different things in my life and it's like oh yeah that problem totally yes yes yeah that I do this I'm the same way in my I have to I have to life coach my way out of a lot of really stupid situations in my life like why are you waiting like why are you sitting and spending 20 minutes like planning out how to do this on Monday just do it now. Like just instead of taking this like hour and getting out your really cute gel pens and like writing everything out, just get up and do it, Kendra. What are you doing? Okay. But but to add structure to all this, I think the first step, right? Because like I'm thinking, because there's two aspects from what I'm hearing you say, right? Like half the day, you just need to put your head down and like chip, 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 chip away at all the things you need to do, right? Like stop putting them off. Just like go and, you know, bake the bread or organize something or do the errand you've been putting off or blah, blah, blah. Just like keep your head down and get it done and like start moving. But then first you're saying you need to know what you want your home to look like. Mm -hmm. So because I think, right, like I think that's the duality is you you're chipping away, chipping away, and it feels like you're just chipping away and getting nowhere. And I think that's probably where people get frustrated. So I'm just I'm trying to think about something for my life, something that I would want my home to look like and what you said. Like, I do think sitting down to dinner is very important for Mm -hmm. our family. It just, it's always been important. I think it's really important for children, but then I'm just trying to think about, you know, getting food on the table and all that kind of stuff is, you know, can be a headache at times. I had a realization one time of why do I even care? Like, why don't I just buy a rotisserie chicken or, you know, bring in a box of pizza and throw it on the table. And that still constitutes a family dinner. Like it still meets the needs of what it is that I want. But Mm -hmm. I think first you have to, you have to maybe take, take a few minutes and say, what are the five things that I want in my home? Right? Yeah. Like I want to, you know, I would like to do, I would like to spend 15 minutes a day playing with my children, which I probably don't really do, um, which would be great to do, you know, like actually playing with them. Um, you know, I would like to eat dinner as a family. I would like to, um, you know not have like I don't yeah I don't like stuff kind of strewn all over the house like so three things I mean those three things would make it I I like fresh flowers and music in my house I mean those are maybe Mm -hmm. four four things all the time and then so once I have those goals what do I need to do to make it happen right yeah and then letting go of the like you said the need for that in that thing that you mentioned needing it to be perfect done perfectly because it's There's a quote by Dwight Eisenhower that um, planning is everything. The plan means nothing. And that's really motherhood wrapped up in a bow right there because planning is great. It's it sets up, you know, what we're going to do. And we don't just want to wake up every day and just like fly by the seat of our pants, especially with kids, because that's really difficult. Um, But the plan ultimately means nothing because things come up. Um, things happen, kids get sick, um, cars break down. Like at the end of the day, plans 
can change, but the planning is really important because it sets you up for where you want to be. So I think that that's like the thing about the dinner was perfect that you just said. It's like, I want to sit down as a family. Awesome. That's my goal. But then do, do I have to do it in a specific way? Like, why am I worried so much about like the how it's getting done versus the just what is getting done? So that right. was it was so perfect. freeing when I realized mm-hmm. I could just go to, you know, we have a lot of places that sell like family meals. Yes. Why, why didn't I just buy those? Like, why mm-hmm. do you know what I'm saying? There were so many aspects of putting, sitting down for dinner that I didn't actually care about that were keeping me from doing the things that I wanted to do. Yeah. And for a lot of people that one of the big things is, is, is like, um, getting their kids to help with chores, which is something that I talk a lot about. And, um, you know, I've even had classes that I do on it because it, we focus way too much on making sure that they're doing everything perfectly and like micromanaging them. So again, it's like, for me, it's really important that my kids learn how to do things in the home because I don't want to spend all of my time doing everything. And I also want to raise really responsible children who kind of know how to help in a house. So then I had to, if that's the core thing that I want, I had to let go of the fact that they weren't going to do it exactly the way I was. They're not going to, my daughter isn't going to put away her laundry the same way I would. And sometimes it looks a little ridiculous the way she puts it away, but I'm like, but I didn't have to do it. So now you kind of have to let go of that perfectionism of how it's getting done because at least it's getting done. Right. So. Right. And I think you choose when it comes to kids. Yes. You choose the things. Yes. Like, my kids are not going to handle raw chicken. Like, that's not yes. even a question. No. Like, yeah. Their sock drawer, like, what the heck? Go for yeah. it. It's going to look cares? like a nightmare anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I am, too. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, this brings up a good point. How do we get um, our children and our spouses to have some level of ownership in our homes? Because, again, I'm a stay at home mom, and I think that uh, maybe if, Maybe this is a, well, I mean, statistically, I guess it's not true, but, you know, when you're working outside the home, it's a little bit easier to tell your spouse and your children to pitch in more, although Mm -hmm. they've still proven that moms who work out of the home still do way more at home, too. So I know that's, that's ideal, but, you know, it's not, it's maybe not real, but either way, when you're, when you're fully at home, I think especially I feel like, oh, well, I should just do everything myself, and that's not fair. Because it still is a ton of stuff. Yeah. And whether I look at it like if you're staying at home, um, you're still, you're not the one making all of the messes. Like you're not the one who's (laughs) making the mess. So why should you clean up messes that you're not making? Um, And I, I, believe me, I'm, um, I've had to make this distinction before because I'm very much on the side of delegating i believe that um in our home at least that we're a community where everyone chips in what they can i always say my son is five he can't mow the lawn so he doesn't mow the lawn so i don't make him do it just because it has to be done my husband does it but my son can help me fold his laundry he can um, put his dish in the dishwasher he can sweep the floor he can do all those things so um, everyone just chips in what they can and i like to make the distinction that That doesn't mean that I don't know that as a mom, there is a certain level of servitude. Like we just, as moms, like, you know, we wipe butts and we wipe noses and we do like there's servitude involved in motherhood. Like it is what it is. Yes. We are, we are expert at wiping things that no one wants to wipe. So it's, you know, I get that, but motherhood, come wipe all the things that should be. That should be the motherhood like mantra, like like a like a subtitle of motherhood. It's like just wipe all the things. 
but I, I also think that we do a disservice to our children and our, our spouses and our partners when we martyr ourselves, which I think happens a lot with doing all the things like, well, I'm the mom and I stay home. So that means that I'm responsible for every single thing that has to be done in this house. And um, we're not the ones who are making the messes. Like if you have a, a five-year-old that's at home, like my son right now, if he's eating a snack, um, he has a, a dish that has to be cleaned up. So why should I take his dish and put it in the dishwasher when he's perfectly capable of doing that himself? Again, it's all age appropriate. I don't believe in giving kids chores and making them like shackling them to the house and, you know, just making them do it. But I also look at chores as freedom for everyone because the more we get done as a house, um, the, the quicker it gets done, the more we have time to go do things that we want to do. But if mom has to be the only one doing it, then mom's spending the whole day cleaning and mom's not spending any time playing with kids and taking them to the park and doing the fun things that they want to do. So I think it's more about freedom that it gives the entire uh, family. And as far as how to get like our kids and spouses on board, I'm just big on, it's just non-negotiable in our house. It's just become, it's a part of our like family mission statement, so to speak, that everyone just helps. And that's it's just not a negotiation and what I mean by that is no my kids don't get to whine and cry their way out of doing it it's not like if they just don't do it long enough mom will do it for them it just we've it, and that's a p- habit you know that didn't are, come out of nowhere believe me are you the, t- the taskmaster though because I'm thinking about my yes. morning okay so you notice things so here's a really good example yeah the shower and our master bathroom it clogs up like every few months it does and there's no way to fix it unless we drill up the floor but Mm. it requires like you know somebody noticing there's a problem and like plunging it and it works and then it goes back to being normal but I swear to you my husband this morning I well it's been going on for like a week he's standing in like two maybe three inches of like standing water and finally I said like do you notice that? Like, do you notice what you're standing in? And he looked down and he's like, no, I actually didn't notice that. <laughs> like he had no idea. I mean, it had been piling up and piling up. And so I was like, well, you, I'm going to give you the plunger and I need you to take care of this. In which case he did. And it was all fine. But I mean, I feel like I'm have to be, you know, on ever like if a light bulb is burned out, you know, I've got to notice it and say, here are the light bulbs. We need to change. It's Saturday. Right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's how a lot of things are in my house too. It's just, there's, you know, somebody has to notice that the task has to be done. But I guess for me, it's more if, if I notice that things have to be done, but then I'm not the one that has to do them. I don't know. I just doesn't bother me quite as much. And I think routines help with that, like getting on cleaning routines so that it doesn't seem like you're the one that has to notice everything. Like, the floor has to be vacuumed. The furniture has to be dusted. The dishes have to be put away. The whatever. If all of that stuff is put more into a routine where like each person has their own job, then all of the other stuff like that. And oh, I totally know what you mean. I, I don't like how do you not notice that the garbage is over overflowing? Like my daughter will come and like put something on the top of the garbage. The yeah, top. It leans and it like uh, what are you? So how do you not notice that and she's like well she's 11 
And she's like, well, it's That's hard for answer. me. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard for me to like take the garbage. And I said, so then come and find somebody and say, mom, I need to throw this thing away. And like the garbage is full. Can you help me? Or dad, can you help me? No, d- don't just l- put it on top and just leave it there. Yeah, it's it's very, I'm like, how do you not notice that? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or the okay. best is, I'll, sorry, I just, I got, I'm on a roll now. I'll ask my husband to take out the trash. He'll take it out. He'll come back in, like, not put a new liner in, yep. but yet will then throw trash on oh, the bottom yep. of the can without the liner. <laughs> that makes yep. me so mad. Get to this. Like, how? Like, you just took out the trash can and then you took a paper towel and balls it up and blew your nose and threw yes. it in the bottom. <laughs> All <laughs> the time. How did we get to this? <laughs> It drives me crazy. Yes. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, okay, let's talk about scheduling, though, because Graham brought up a good point with, like, the light bulbs. There are things that I just feel like, yes, I get what you're saying about the perfectionism thing. And I do see that that can hold you back because, you know, well, if it's not perfect, I'm not going to do it. But I have this dream of, like, (laughs) I dream of perfect. I have this dream of, like, a schedule where, like, you know, like Graham, you have a Google alert on when to change your air filters, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. are there things where you just say Tuesdays, we water the plants? It's actually Wednesday. It's Wednesday is watering Wednesday. And the first day of the month, I check on all my light bulbs. And yeah, just make a bunch of Google alerts. Kirsten. Yep. That's what I do. Is that what you do? <laughs> is that the plan? Because those things plan. weigh on me. And I feel like, oh, well, I'm not even going to, you know, sweep this up because I should have a plan for light bulbs. Oh, you mean you see a light bulb out and you don't change it because you're like, it's not light bulb Thursday? That's weird. Well, there is no light bulb Thursday, but there's the dream of light bulb Thursday. Uh, so that sounds a lot like perfection, though, because oh, that's well, the yes, all I or nothing. I fully admit, my name is Kirsten and I'm a perfectionist <laughs> who doesn't actually do anything, but sits around and dreams of one day when I will do it perfectly. And and that is the, de- it's so funny that you just said that because that's like the definition of perfectionism, but I had someone, no joke, yesterday tell me that they realized they were a perfectionist and when they were in, they happened to be in, in therapy and they were talking about it and their therapist said, you sound like a perfectionist. And she said, oh no, I'm not good enough to be a perfectionist. <laughs> and it was like, that's the definition of perfectionism right there. Um, yeah, so funny. And I think that about myself too. It's like, no, I just, I want it to be perfect like all the time. So I'm just going to wait for the day that it is. It's like, that's perfectionism. Um, well, there are those one or two things. Like my husband goes yeah. to this men's group every Monday night. So Monday night is the night that I watch shows on Hulu that he doesn't like. Mm. And I do all of the steaming of, of my clothes. And like, it's so great because I have this little bin in my laundry room. And every time something comes out, I'm like, ah, that probably needs to be steamed. I throw it in that bin. And then on Monday nights, it's done. And like, you know, to not have to sit around and think, oh, gosh, when am I ever going to steam clothes? Like, there's never a good time. But it's like, because I know there's Monday, that does not stress me out. Right. You know, and if I miss one week, then I'm like, okay, you know, this week's going to be a little bit harder. But I know it's always like my touchstone is Mondays I do that. Whereas some of these chores and these tasks, I feel stressed by them because I don't have like a magic Monday of steaming, you know? Does that make sense? Yes. And I I think that there are certain things that you can't know you need to do until you have to do them. So things like changing a light bulb or something breaking in the house. Like you can't, 
you can't know it needs to be done until it needs to be done. Um, it's just one of those things. But everything else, I'm all for putting, like making a master list of all of those nagging tasks, like all of those, the changing of the air filters, the like ch checking in on stuff in your home, like even like checking um, the the drains and stuff like that, like making sure that you don't need to like unclog drains and all of those things, like putting them on a list and then really just making them um, something that you just either say, we're going to do it once a month or um, say a day that you're going to check in on it. Uh, that's sort of how I teach cleaning routines is I tell people like take a master list and then just pull and decide what you're going to do each day of the week. That way you're not waking up every day and saying like, okay, the house needs to be clean because the house is always going to need to be clean. Always. Like no matter what. So instead choosing tasks and then putting them into that, uh, into that day. I like the water Wednesday. I could use that because, um, that's why I don't have plants in my house because I can't keep them alive because I'll forget to water them just, so just, just make a google reminder do it once yeah a week. you'll you will not kill your plants if you do that that's a great idea i love google reminders too so that's that's a good idea i'm gonna start doing that mm -hmm. and i get <laughs> yeah. an email sent so like i'm an email reminder person yeah i don't use i don't use the real calendar function right um, my to-do list is through my email yeah um all right so what about when there's a hiccup in the system of kind of taking care of what do you do when there's kind of a big life change you have a major sickness a new baby you move summer vacations mm -hmm. i feel like right about the time i'm starting to get my mojo something a wrench comes in and it throws me off track so i think that um the way that i talk about it is that um your routine should fit into your life, not the other way around. And most of us are trying to form our lives to fit into the routines that we already have versus creating routines that just kind of fit into our life. And that usually means just pivoting them and noticing when there's um, the hiccup. And it's funny you said the word hiccup because I also say the big life changes that we have that is, that's life. Like we're always, there's always going to be a new thing coming up. There's always going to be a new season changing. Our kids are going to constantly get older. There's always going to be something new. So instead of trying to like squeeze our lives into the routine and saying like those other things are just like hiccups that we have to learn how to navigate instead, just realizing that that's, that's life right there. All of the little hiccups, put together our life and then creating routines that just fit into that. Um, so for instance, like if you know, when there are things that you know ahead of time are coming, plan for them. So a new baby, summer vacations, moves, all those you know are coming. So you can plan your routines around that. You can pivot things a little bit to say, I'm going to batch as much as I can. I'm going to delegate as much as I can. I'm going to hire somebody to help. I'm going to plan things out in my Trello board more. I'm going to write more lists. I'm going to whatever I'm going to do. I'm going to let this stuff go. And then the other stuff like sickness, um, my, my biggest tip is always just like, just let stuff go. Just honestly, like just let, there's going to be stuff you're just going to have to let go and then just get right back into your routine when you can. Um, wait a minute, Kendra, did yeah, you just yeah. say, did you just say Trello board? Yes, because my heart, my heart's going to skip to be. I knew you were stopping on that, Kirsten. <laughs> it's like literally, I'm just waiting for it. I knew this was coming. Talk about your Trello board. My okay. whole life is on Trello. Okay, no, wait. I'm kidding. Whole People life. don't know what that is. Share it for the world. I know. I'm sitting here. I like was waiting for it. I was like, when's Kirsten? Kirsten's. You lost her, Kendra. Kendra, she's stuck on Trello. Board. I almost <laughs> didn't say it because I was like, 
oh, maybe like there's going to be people who are like, wait, 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 what's Trello? And I totally understand. But um, yeah. Let me then explain I was like, it I to Graham because she refuses to <laughs> use my Trello boards no matter this, how many yeah. times I demand it. <laughs> oh, I love Trello. It's I, I resisted it for so long and now it literally keeps my entire life organized. Like my whole life is organized on Trello. So. Okay, but Kendra, you yeah. you have a website, you offer courses, you, yeah. you're like, you're homemaking, you're mothering like a boss, yeah. like literally like a boss. Like this yeah. is like a thing for you. If you were, yeah. if you were like, listen, I, I just, I just want to get my laundry done. Like, mm -hmm. do, do you need a Trello board? Um, yeah, I, I teach Trello to my students and they're not business owners. Mm -hmm. Okay. So back it's, it up. Uh, it's an app. It's a list making software. What is it? It's, it's, um, in, it's like a visual organization software. So it's like, if they say it's like if Evernote, which is an app that's just for note taking and Pinterest had a baby because it's visual. So it's, everything is in boards. So like I have a, for instance, I have a, my week board. It says my week. And it's like, it's like if you had a bulletin board in front of you and then you just put like a bunch of post-its on it, only you can move them around and you can add content to them and you can um, add labels to them and you can add people to the board. So like you and your husband can both be on the board or um, for business purposes, it's like, you know, people that are on your team and then you can move them around. You can add checklists. It's, there's like nothing you can't do with it. So it makes it very easy to um, plan out your tasks like to plan out what's going on, um, at least for me. It's been I think awesome. Graham would do it if you could actually give her like a board she could hold and posters she could hold, which is ironic because I love you, Graham. But like, you know how you talked about the cute gel pens? Graham has the worst handwriting of any adult well, I know. Like her, yeah. her handwriting is like a little boy with like, I don't know, like a finger that's like not working right. I mean, it's like the best part though is sometimes like, like I'll help Cohen with because I have Cohen read my son. He he's a massive reader, whatever, and like he's just very lazy with like filling out his reading log. And so sometimes I'll write. You know, you have to write the book yeah. that you read at night. I'll write it. And the teacher came up to me one day and she goes, "You know, Cohen did such a great job with his reading log this year." And I realized it was because my handwriting is that of a second grade boy. <laughs> like Cohen hadn't touched his reading log all year long. It was me. <laughs> and then and then also, you know how people have kind of their signature things they do, like when they yeah. write you know, their doodles or whatever. Graham also always does a desert island with a palm tree on everything, like on a Christmas card. She's like, eh, this needs a palm tree. It's the, I mean, it's her signature move. Oh God, you guys are killing me. This is great. I don't know if you get anything from me. The palm tree is my signature. Awesome. Okay, so if she could get a Trello board going in real life with a palm tree. Like a real um, life Trello board. You can, it's called a cork board. It's, it's just like, it's a cork board. Um, and then- it. Yeah, you'd have to put like post-its, but then you have to like move them and you'd have to, if you wanted to erase something, you'd have to put a new post-it. So it's just great for um, my, I teach um, obviously cleaning routines. So I have like a list that I create, it's like a PDF. And then I took that list and also put it into Trello for people that use Trello. And I basically took everything and put it on there, labeled it weekly, daily, monthly, like every, you know, how often things should get done. I, I labeled it by um, what room it's in. And it was just like, oh my, it's so visually appealing because you can see everything at a glance. You don't have to go searching for stuff. Um, so that's the reason that uh, I like it. People use it for meal planning all the time, keep their recipes in it, their day, you know, their meal plan for the week, um, what's working, what's not, things like that. It's just, yeah, it's. It works in my life. It's great. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I know we've taken a lot of your time. And yeah. I think what you're saying is basically just to approach these things like with a little bit of thoughtfulness 
Yes. If, maybe if you're not a total organization dork, then maybe Trello is not for you. But, right. you know, I get what you're saying. But here's like one, here's just one thing. So I remember yeah. my youngest is starting kindergarten. And I remember people saying, oh, I have so much to do. I, I'm, I have friends who have little, little ones. And I know we have so many listeners, little, little ones. And, you know, I, I don't think anything is as hard. And I know different personalities, but I don't think anything is as hard as when you are constantly with a toddler and a baby. Mm-hmm. And your only mm-hmm. time you have to work is that, you know, one hour they take a nap unless they fall asleep in the car and that stress you carry all day. And I think that is just one of the hardest seasons of motherhood. So for our listeners who are, who are in that season, like I tell you, I promise you, you will get more time. It will not always feel like this. However, I have a new kind of stress now, which is I I've, I used to be so efficient and I used to be so organized. And as I'm getting longer stretches of time and, you know, I've got the three mornings a week, everyone's in preschool and now it's going to turn into five mornings. And, you know, it um, I feel like I'm getting slower. I'm getting less efficient. I know mm-hmm. I can kind of meander a little more where I never meandered before, you know, so. Well, that's a nice thing. It brings a different kind of stress of, as far as like the time management and, you know, and again, I, I still think the, the, the moms who have the little kids in the very limited time have it harder, but I, I, that's my new struggle is as you get more free time as a mom, you lose your kind of rock star homemaker. I get things done quick, quickly, sorry. <laughs> you know, it, it, how, how, do you, how do you deal with that? How do you coach people through, through that next stage? Yeah. So we could be like twins in that aspect because I'm going through the same thing. My son just graduated preschool yesterday and he's going to be in kindergarten. And I'm looking at the fact that I'm going to have five full days, not just five two hour little morning blocks where I also have to go pick him up and and then get him lunch. And so really it's like and I'm losing like an hour in the middle of the day. Um, And I realized that also, as they get older, so I have an 11-year-old daughter as well, that I have more time because they're more independent. I don't have to be all over them all the time, like when they're babies and little, which I completely agree about the toddler time. Like, oh, my God, I don't know how I don't know how any of us get anything done during that time. But um, I have more of that free time, and I do understand that it gets to the point where you kind of w- almost waste time because you're like, oh, I have all this free time. Like, what should I do? So you spend your time figuring out how to spend your time. Like, right. it's very odd. Um, so what has helped me a lot is just time blocking, like, and I know that's not a new concept, but time blocking in that I give myself blocks of time that I'm going to complete like tasks. So if I'm going to do cleaning, I'll put it in from like, you know, nine to 10. And it's not that I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm going to clean the bathroom. I'm going to clean this. I'm going to do that. But it's that block of time. So I can actually know that during that time, that's when it gets done. And then another block of time for my work. And then maybe for podcast recording or whatever I'm doing that day or putting away laundry. Like I give myself blocks and I feel more accomplished that way than just having this open, vast amount of time and saying like, okay, here's a to-do list with 30 things. Let's get it done. It just helps me to kind of block it and see it a little more visually. Um, because I think the long novel, the novel long to-do list that we write ourselves, like, I just think that's doing ourselves a disservice as moms because we're never going to get to everything. So then you get to the end of the day and you feel exhausted and you didn't get anything done, even though you did. And yeah, so instead I just time block. It's been a lot easier for me to kind of get some, get more stuff done. Um, in that idea. Time. I like that. That's right on my alley. Kirsten, yeah. you should only be allowed to time block thinking about your future for one hour a day. 
I've just, what would I've you just do all day you... if you didn't have me calling you to talk about my future grant? What would I do just to listen to your musings on life? <laughs> all right, Kendra, you are awesome. You are organized. You are a mother and a boss. And we're but so our time block for podcasting is over. Right. <laughs> the time block's over. <laughs> but anyone can find you on motherlikeaboss.com. And yes. is that your Instagram handle as well? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, um, everywhere at Mother Like a Boss. Awesome. So you've got some great, uh, great tips on your site. You've got some worksheets, some freebies. You even offer some courses and coaching. So yes. if anyone is feeling extremely overwhelmed by this whole homemaking thing, um, Kendra is here to help. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, ladies. Thank you. Thanks, Kendra. Welcome home.